Let's turn to yesterday, the federal government unveiling new guidelines, new national standards for long-term care. And even Justin Trudeau conceded that it's not really up to Ottawa to come up with standards. It's a provincial matter. Obviously, these are conversations that we have on an ongoing uh, nature with the, uh, with the provinces. Uh, we recognize the responsibility and the jurisdiction of provinces in these areas, but I think all Canadians, regardless of the order of government, uh, want seniors to have the best quality of care possible, and that's what we're going to continue to work on. Now, the provincial minister responsible kind of shrugged this off, uh, Paul Calandra, saying, well, pff, you know, um, you can have your national standards, but ours are actually better. We'll take a look at them. I have, uh, in the process of reviewing them, I have no interest in watering down what Ontario is already doing. So if, if uh, the federal standards don't meet our standards, I have no, uh, no qualms about saying uh, that we will continue to follow Ontario's high standards. Okay, so how are Ontario's standards and how are the new federal national standards? Dr. Amit Ira is a palliative care lead at Kensington Gardens Long-Term Care here in Toronto, also a professor at the University of Toronto. Nice to have you, doctor. Good morning. Good morning. What do you see in, in the national standards? I mean, are they going to be holding the provinces to account or is this kind of already standard operating procedure? So... That's actually part of the problem. That's a great question, John. You know, the problem is there are actually no standards in terms of how to operate a long-term care home, how to build one, what should be the staffing ratios. And we know, of course, what should be happening in these long-term care homes from decades of evidence and research. But there is, once again, been no um, official standards that have yet been created to this level of detail. And I have no doubt that these national standards in themselves will be transformative. So now what we need at this point in time is we don't just need like a really fancy and great document which tells us what to do. We need legislation, we need funding, we need implementation and enforcement of these standards. Well, one of the things that seems to stand out in the announcement yesterday is, again, to my understanding, what we're already planning on doing here in the province of Ontario, but four hours of care a day for each patient. Right, right. So that is something which uh, is very important and it speaks to understaffing in long-term care. And I find that, you know, the direct hands are, you know, like the hours of care uh, per day, the direct hands-on care that everyone should receive four hours. It's a little hard to understand, but I just wanted to paint a bit of a picture for our listeners this morning about how understaffed long-term care homes are. You know, generally, there. I mean, first of all, the people who live in long-term care are in their 80s or 90s. They're very frail. They have cognitive impairment. Dementia is the most common illness. And often people People need help with everything. They need help to get up and go to the bathroom. They need help to get changed, bathe, take their medications. They need to be monitored for pain or any changes or any, or any changes uh, in their health. And right now, we have one nurse looking after thirty patients in the day, maybe about sixty at night. So huge uh, shortages of nurses, and we also have. Um, a significant shortage of PSWs even now. So I often see maybe some some long-term care homes have three or four PSWs for every 30 residents, but some places it's one or two, and they are very, very short-staffed. So of course, having a staffing standard would make sense. Ontario has not properly legislated that in the Fixing Long-Term Care Act. So this actually, in my opinion, on, I mean, I'm not a jurisdictional scholar, but just going you know, between what the standards say and what Ontario's legislation says, the Fixing Long-Term Care Act, um, you know, the standards would hopefully one day override Ontario's Fixing Long-Term Care Act or force the Ontario government to change their legislation to ensure that every resident in long-term care receives a minimum of four hours of direct hands-on care per day.
Okay, you're an expert in the field, heavily invested in it, so obviously you would reach for the highest possible standards, but I look at these new guidelines and wonder, you know, are they aspirational? Can we afford it? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question that that I think a lot of people have asked and are wondering at this point in time. So, I mean, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that I think about. I mean, I work in long-term care, but I also work in the hospital sector. I work in home care. And uh, I have expensive experience before working in palliative care, working in primary care as a family physician for 10 years. And I think right now when we're talking so much about our healthcare system being in crisis, our healthcare system collapsing. What we have to realize, John, is that our healthcare system works like a circuit. So when we underfund, under-resource, understaff one big area, that is long-term care, which is what we're talking about, it has a you know, it, it has effect. It has a major effect on the rest of the healthcare system. Day in and day out, I see people who are transferred from long-term care again and again, sometimes to acute care hospitals, to the emergency departments where they suffer. Often these transfers, not always, but, you know, many times these transfers are inappropriate and their care could be managed better in their own long-term care home. I mean, where there are medical staff present, but simply because there aren't enough staff, there aren't appropriate standards of care. Those staff don't have enough training. Often there's a revolt door of staff. I mean, this is kind of what happens. So I've no doubt that if we improve care in long-term care, it would actually help our acute care system. The other thing I wanted to point out is that, of course, Canada can afford to invest more in elder care at this point in time because of the fact, firstly, our population is aging very rapidly. And secondly, if we take a look at other comparator countries, OECD countries, in particular, the, you know, the Nordic countries, Denmark, Germany, um, they actually invest significantly more in um in, in elder care in general, home care and long-term care, um, you know, as a sector. And what that means, especially I can compare to a country like Denmark, they don't have the same problems that we're having in acute care right now, where we have an ALC crisis and we have patients who are waiting to be discharged. And we have a major backlog of people who actually don't need acute care, but are simply waiting for better home care and long-term care. So if we invest in these sectors, once again, we will help our healthcare system. Right now, we're, we're spending on their care anyways, but often it's more expensive expensive to help people in hospitals where they don't need to be, and it's better to invest in long-term care. Thank you for this. Very, uh, very informative. Yeah, thank you so much. Dr. Amit Aira is a uh, palliative care lead at Kensington Gardens, which is a long-term care home.